Hey, it's Ian Altman. On this episode, I'm joined by Larry Levine. Larry is the author of Selling from the Heart and the host of the podcast by the same name, Selling from the Heart. We're going to talk about the biggest mistakes that organizations make when it comes to business growth and prospecting, talk about the meaning of being consistent or inconsistent, and the big mistake that people make by dehumanizing the sales process. You're going to learn a ton, and Larry's a great guy. Here's my interview with Larry Levine. Larry Levine, welcome to the show. Right on. My pleasure, Ian. I'm looking forward to this one. Well, you know what? I, I'm, I'm glad you say that, but I think you should reserve <laughs> judgment till after it's over. No, it's it, it's all good. Yeah, I, 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 I trust. I trust that this is going to be one heck of a great podcast. Excellent. So can you start by sharing something surprising about you that our audience may not know? Sure. Uh, on the weekends, I deliver Meals on Wheels to seniors throughout the community that I live in. It's my, one of my big commitments to myself and my community. That's awesome. Yeah. What's, what's, what's the most surprising thing that's happened when you've been delivering Meals on Wheels? Uh, well, it's not surprise. It, it's, I wouldn't say there's anything that's surprising. I, I'd say that, you know, there's some things that just make me feel sad. Yeah. Be, because I mean, these are, you know, senior citizens. A lot of them just can't get out of their house and some of them will welcome me in. And then after a while they don't welcome me in and I try to figure out why. And, you know, you, the, you see a lot of them with the hoarder syndrome Yep. and that kind of bums me out. But they're just—it's just a feel-good, Ian. And I always encourage everyone: you got to get active. And I'm active, you know. I'm an active Kiwanian in, in the city that I live in. Yep. And it's—it's it's just something that I latch onto. And I spend an hour and a half on a Saturday doing this, and it's the biggest feel-good charge that I get on a weekend is just picking up food and delivering it, and just seeing the smiles and the conversations. It just means a lot. Yeah, you know what? It's—it's it's a neat thing, and it's something that. It's almost a cliche, but but I think it's totally true, which is anytime you're giving back to a community, especially if it's something that you can find meaning in, you always get way more out of it than you put into it. And people who don't participate in those activities will say, oh, I don't know how that's true. And it's like, just try it. You'll see. And it's, yeah, it's hard to describe. Yeah, you just you just have to. And, and you know, there's some people that I know, you know, in my circle of friends that they just don't like doing this for yeah. one excuse or, you know, after another, I, which is fine. Right. We're all entitled to it. But, you know, you just got to try it. And, and it's just the whole art of giving back. And you know, I say, you know, if you give back like this, it comes back tenfold. Yep. And to me, it just makes me feel good. I mean, it's just a great way to spend a late morning and an early afternoon. Sure. I mean, it can interfere with your golf game, but you know it's, it's a you know it's a first world problem. <laughs> oh, I, get, I gave that up a long time ago. <laughs> so, Larry, though though we could spend an entire episode <laughs> talking talking about um, social programs and giving back to the community, I want to tap into your expertise, which really comes down to relationships and this whole selling from the heart. What's the biggest mistake that you see people making today when it comes to growing their business or selling? Can I give you two? You can give me as many as you like. You're the right guest. On. The, I, I'd say the first thing is, especially when it comes to growing their business, is A, they're inconsistent with how they go about developing their business. And then the second thing is that they've taken the human approach out of developing their business. Okay. So so first, first, they're inconsistent in kind of the steps they're taking. And then the second – 
I'd say that the, the second is dehumanizing what they do. And, and let me let me peel that one back. Yeah, if if I can, and I always say, you know, and it's part of the manifesto and selling from the heart. Is sure. I find that you know, gr- growing up in a, in the sales world as long as I did, is I always saw people leading with their wallet and not with their heart. And when you lead with the wallet first, you tend to do things to dehumanize yourself and dehumanize that other person over there because you're looking at them and you're not looking at a human. You're looking at you know, pardon the expression, red meat or dollar signs. Yeah, so in other words, right. it's, it's a notion of someone saying instead of, hey, how can I help this other person? They're thinking, hey, I wonder what I can get from this person in the way of revenue. Yeah, yes. And, and here's the other thing. And then they package it all up and they disguise it, right? And, and and I talk a lot about it as being an empty suit. There's a lot of people out there that are like that is, you know, they say all these nice things, but deep down inside, I can almost guarantee you. And I'm not, and this isn't a disrespect to anybody, but I can guarantee you that half of them just say the things just to say it, and they don't really internalize it. Yeah, like what? Like what? What? What do you hear people say where you roll your eyes and think, "Yeah, that's usually not true." Yeah, the the fake sincerity, the fake sincerity, the fake. Hey, I want to help you, right? I, I have your best interest, and then all of a sudden, you know what's going to happen. The they're in the meeting, and then all of a sudden, all they do is ask a few couple questions. They latch onto the first thing where they can pounce on a sale. Yep. And it's it just it's it just unfortunate, but I really drill hard on this. Is you know we all can do so much better in, in, out in the sales world, but it's up to us first. Yep. So let's let's dive a little bit deeper, and we'll come back to the inconsistent side of it. But this dehumanizing side. Um, it's you know it sounds to me, and this is something that I see a lot, which is people are so focused on what it is they're selling rather than what the prospect might actually need that they suffer from what I like to refer to as axis displacement disorder. And I'm not sure you've <laughs> heard of this term, but it's it's a notion of the 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 person who's doing the selling believes somehow the axis of the earth has shifted and now the world revolves around them, and so yeah. everything is centered around. Well, no, no. This we have to close this deal this month because because it's the end of the month, and 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 my you know I need to, I need this deal for my quota instead of well, but why is it in the client's interest to do the deal right now? Yeah, you know, you bring up a really good point because I pissed a lot of sales managers off in my career because I refused to push a deal at the end of the month because I knew it wasn't right for the customer. Yep, it was right for the company, and and I didn't. It, it just didn't sit well with me, right? It, it, whether that be the end of a month or the end of a quarter, it's not about you. It's about them. And what's interesting is, it, it, you know, if we look at this, it, and I put the blame, you know, not only on salespeople, but obviously managers and, and the culture within the sales department is they push their products, they push their solutions, they push their services on everybody as opposed to understanding what are their issues? What are their challenges? What are their initiatives? And becoming a bridge builder because you got to help them achieve those. So you're really selling outcomes. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. In fact, in in same side selling, we talk about this notion of stop selling resources and sell results. Meaning, instead of no one is sitting themselves. For example, if somebody is a is a lawyer. There isn't a client in the world who says, you know what I really need is I need like 17.4 hours 
of an attorney's time. No, they say, wow, I've got this matter that that's hitting us in the face, and I just want it to be resolved in a good way. Yeah. And, and they don't care how many hours it is. I mean, let's face it, it, you know, even in your prior business in the world of copiers, it wasn't like someone said, you know, we, we're just thinking to ourselves, man, we got a lot of stuff going on in the business. What would help us? You know, I think making copies would help. No, it's that it was a necessary part of their business that they needed in order to, you know, capture copies of things, duplicate things, print things, whatever it happens to be, so that they could run their business. The copy was almost incidental. Yeah. And and what I would what I always tell salespeople, you, you know, and it doesn't matter now, uh the channel is, you know, that executive, that person you're calling on, it doesn't wake up in the morning. They're not driving to work and going, I can't wait to speak to a salesperson about fill in the blank, right? Yeah. Yeah, they're not thinking to themselves, man, I Googled this. I Googled this thing and nothing came up. I hope someone calls me to try and sell me this thing. Right. But but conversely, though, what I always share with salespeople is this is that executive, whoever that you call on is driving into work in the morning, right? Or they're driving home from work and they, they have these things that are going through their mind, right? It's not talking to you, but they have issues going on inside their place of business, right? They have things they need to solve. You have to uncover what those are and possibly attach what you have to offer to help them solve one of those. And if you can't find somebody in your network or somebody else that can help you with it. So so do you have suggestions on how people can can kind of uncover those things that might be going on in executives' mind? Well, I, I mean, a couple of things is, you know, first thing that comes to mind is, you know, Google's an amazing tool that's out there that people use on a daily basis. Yep. So obviously, obviously get to know your clients and prospects before you reach out to them. You and I were talking before we started recording in the, you know, about the abyss of all these people who are just spamming people to death in, in social media and LinkedIn, et cetera. And they do zero research. So my favorite is several times a week, just about, in some cases, more than once a day, I get an inquiry from somebody on LinkedIn who says, wow, I see we share some people in common. And I can help you when it comes to sales and marketing and business development. And, And I always respond the same way, which is, wow, what is it about my profile or website that gave you the indication that I needed help in that area. Yeah. And how many of them get back to you? No one gets back to you. <laughs> yeah, of course. And then you delete it and you move on. Yeah. But, but you know, what I always say is, you know, we can go to Google and you can find out something. You can go, you can go to their website. You can find out something. You can go to somebody's LinkedIn profile. You can find out something about them. You can follow their social channels. You can follow their company socials channels. I say there's absolutely zero excuse these days for a salesperson not to be able to find something about somebody that they can kickstart a conversation with. And I always said, you know, listening's the new prospecting. We just have to go out there and find the information out there to help us engage into a conversation. And then the further thing is, is I always, I always share with salespeople, why don't you spend some time with your current clients of same position that you're calling into and ask them, you know, questions. How are they doing their job? What are what are their concerns and so forth? Because I always say, you know, birds of a feather feather flock together. Sure. So if you're used to if you're used to calling on C level executives, whether that be CIO, CFO, CEO, right, CTO, start befriending 
some of your current clients who share the same positions and have them start educating you on their positions, you know, how, how would you engage in a conversation, right? With somebody of similar stature. Absolutely. In fact, one of, one of the things that we, that we talk about in, in same side selling is the notion of if you're, if you're dialed into the problem that you help someone solve, if you really understand what's there, what my friend Bob London refers to as their elevator rant, Meaning, yeah. what do they complain about when you're not there? Yep. And you know what that problem was. And then if you're committed to the results associated with the success of resolving that issue, then it's easy to go to that existing client, walk in and say, so I know when we started, you had this problem that was having this consequence to your business. And we set out on a goal to reach this outcome. Zero to 10, yep. how do we do? And that person yeah. says, oh, it was a 10. Great. Can you think of one or two other people like you who might be facing the same problem? And yep. guess what? The C-level person probably has two or three people who they know who are probably facing the same problem. But guess what? You don't have the permission to ask that question until you've delivered the results, which is what you pointed to a second ago, um, unless you've delivered the results that they need. And I think that's something yeah. that's lost on a lot of people in sales. Well, yeah, and, and there's some, and, and there's uh, there's something I'd like to throw out, and, and I challenge salespeople with this all the time, is how do you think you get equal business stature with that other individual? And 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 I'm shocked because some people just don't understand the concept around equal business stature. Yep. But you know, instead of it, you know, and I'll just I'll just use you an example. You know, Ian, let's just say you're the you're the CFO of a you know. ABC company. I mean, you're already seeing me as a salesperson, but in order in order for me to have equal business stature with you as a CFO, then I got to understand your role. I got to understand your world. I got to understand your language. And if I can start using that and how I converse with you, would you agree that I get equal business stature with you? Yeah. I mean, to, to a large degree, I mean, once, once you're speaking the same language and, and, and somebody else understands that you, you, in essence, get them, you understand their world, then they're much more open to speak with you than if it's, okay, you're just trying to sell me something, but I've, I'm focused on something else. I mean, it's it's a lot of what we talk about in same side selling, this idea of how do we get on the same side with our prospects so that we're all trying to put the p same puzzle together rather than being involved in a death match where I'm trying to deceive you into doing something that you don't want to do. Yeah, and it's just... I, I always say, and, and maybe this is just because I, I, I look at things in a weird way. I go, man, I go, sales just really isn't that difficult. It's really not. We make it more difficult than it is. And I think that why we do is it goes back to what I said. It's the human aspect of things. I think a lot of people in sales have just taken the human element out of this. And they treat it as I'm the salesperson and Ian's the buyer, as opposed to, I'm a human being and Ian's a human being and together we're going to have a business conversation Yeah, and I might be able to help you and I might not be able to help you. But the more that I get to know you, the more I get to know your issues and challenges, the more you get to know me, then, it, you know, things just happen and it's hard to put my finger on it because, you know, I don't bring a scientific approach to this, but the human element I think is so lost in sales that we forget to bring that to the forefront. Because if we do, I think it breaks down the barrier of I'm going to 
hold information from that person because, A, I'm, I'm not sure if I trust the person yet. They may not have a lot of credibility yet. See where I'm going with this? If you want to learn how companies go from 20% to 90% of their team hitting their numbers or how companies grew from 17 million to over 100 million in three years, then get your pre-order copy of Same Side Selling. In fact, if you go to samesideselling.com, you can see a number of bundles that will get you a bunch of bonuses if you pre-order right now. Just go to samesideselling.com to learn more. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, there's, and, and let's face it, no one likes to feel like they're being sold to. And I, I often say that people in sales, you can show up as either somebody who's there to sell something or someone who's there to solve something. Yeah. And if you show up as someone who's there to sell, um, it's, it's probably going to get ugly. If you show up as someone who's there to solve, well, you have to recognize that maybe the person you're talking to has no need for what it is that you offer. And if you can draw that conclusion with them, their door is probably going to be open to you anytime you want to see if something's changed. Yep. It's the person who's knocking on your door and you're just thinking to yourself, all right, we need to up security, maybe just a guard dog. Right? You're trying to figure out how to keep that person out of your space. That's not a good place to be as opposed to. You know, when when you're when you're selling from the heart, as your book talks about, then all of a sudden what happens is people say, man, I'd love to work with this person. Here's the funny part. If you're building these kinds of great relationships with your prospects and clients and you have a need to close a deal this quarter, you can, with total honesty, say to your prospect, hey, you know what? You know, it doesn't look like there's any need for you guys to buy this this week versus next week. But if you know you're going to buy it, it would help me if you bought it this week. But I totally understand if you don't want to do that. Yeah. The person you've built a good relationship with will say, yeah, you know what, Larry? We can do the deal this week. That's fine. Yeah. You know, I I, re I remember, in fact, I wrote about it in, in, in uh, chapter six of my book when I started talking about – when I started talking about uh, servant-led selling. And I go back to uh, a not-for-profit organization that I worked with for – many, many, many decades. And that same thing happened is they, is they didn't mind when I threw my sales hat on because I spent so much time building a credible relationship with multiple people in that organization. And that every time they saw me, Ian, I wasn't trying to sell them something. But when it came time for me to throw my sales hat on, they were okay with it. Yeah, absolutely. Whether that, and you see where I'm going is a, a lot of people just don't do that. And I challenge, I challenge the profession is, are you really building credible relationships with your clients and your prospects? Or are you just there to sell them something and then move on? Exactly. So I want to, I want to circle back to something you said at the beginning, which is sure. one of the challenges people have is they're inconsistent. So talk a little bit about that idea of what you mean by people being inconsistent. Well, it's just I look at it as some non-negotiables. So I would say, you know what, some of the non-negotiables in sales are at the foundational level, which is, A, I have to prospect on a daily basis. That's no ands, ifs, or buts. You have to be consistent with developing your business. It's not just all oh, do it for three or four days and stop. No, you got to do it every single day. 
And you have to see some clients and talk to clients every single day. You have to practice every single day. You got to prepare every single day. You got to plan out what you're going to do every single day. And it's just the foundational things that I, I think are broken. And so that's where, you know, this whole inconsistency happens. And I, and I look at this and, and there's so many analogies that are made between sports and sales. Yep. And, and, it, and it's interesting because even on my podcast a couple of weeks ago, I had the um, ex-performance and strength coach for the New York Yankees on my podcast. Yeah. And we were talking about this very thing, Ian. And, and he even said, you know what? There was very few athletes that came to the field every day that were excited about practicing. Yeah. They were excited about watching game film and all that. But they knew that they had to do it. Yeah, and I mean, they learn to do it. And you see, yeah. and, and, and that's where I'm driving with this is there's so many things in sales that we know that we need to do. We just don't, for some reason, we just fail to do them on a consistent basis. But it's that mindset thing. If, if salespeople would just understand there are certain non-negotiable things that I have to do. I may not like to do it, but I have to do it in order to consistently hit or exceed my budget numbers. Well, it's it's funny it's funny you talk about that in terms of consistency, in in the in the relaunch of of same side selling of the second edition of same side selling, we profiled a bunch of different companies and the success they've had, and I was I was talking to somebody and I said, well, so what do you think is the common thread? And they said, well, the common thread is same side selling. I said, well, that that's true, but the real common thread is that every one of these companies on this list has the discipline to practice these 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 principles every single week. They're consistent about what they capture and what they don't capture in meetings. They're consistent about how they approach business development and growth in their organization. There's nothing haphazard. There's nothing that they're winging it. Everything is very intentional. And it's the people who are doing the hard work who are making the difference. I'm just giving them a structure, a framework. And similar to what you're teaching or what I'm teaching or any of our colleagues are teaching sure. out in the world, guess what? We're giving people a system they can follow. But the top performers are the people who actually follow the system, who aren't just kind of you know, along for the ride, but they're being deliberate and intentional. And those are the people who are crushing their numbers, who have plenty of opportunity, who are living in a world of abundance, and all this stuff seems so easy to them because they're willing to do the hard work that actually makes it easy. Yeah, I mean, spot on on that. On that. And, and it's just, you know, we can throw out, you know, the consistency word, discipline, determination, right, preparation, planning, all these things. If you just did it on a consistent basis, I, I mean, I, I know we just keep repeating the word, but it's just amazing. And I remember one time, this was uh, this was last May. I was uh, I was in Australia, in because I do some work over there, and I was spending the day with a sales team, and it was halfway through. It was like right before lunch. One of the one of the salespeople, you know, pulled me aside. You're gonna laugh at this one, Ian. They go. What's what do you think the key is to sales success? It was something to do with that. And I said, you you probably don't want my answer because you know I, I tend to be a smart aleck. And I said, I think the key to sales success is just do your job. Just do what you're supposed to do. 
but every but everyone's chasing the you know the shiny object, right? Because we you know salespeople get enamored with shiny objects. But why don't you just go back to the core fundamentals of? And I wrote about it in the blog the beginning of this year. Is we got to get back to the you know, and I look back at because we're fairly close in age. Is the whole reading, writing, and arithmetic you know yep. kind of thing is the basics of school. Is we got to get back to you know reading. We got to get back to you know writing. We got to get back to these certain core fundamentals of what we're supposed to be doing as salespeople. But I think what but I think what happens is the more tenure we get, it's like a rite of passage. Oh, I don't have to do that anymore, right? Because I got a book of business and that book of business is gonna be there and I'll just, you know, I'll babysit that. And then we fail to do certain things. And I've seen tenured sales reps who absolutely stink. And I'm being polite with the word. Yep. They absolutely stink in driving business conversations and so forth with people that they don't know because they're sitting there just babysitting their account base, which is okay, right? I, we have to do it. But if you're not growing it and you're not adding anything to it, then you're just overpaid babysitter in my opinion. But there's so many people that are out there that can do better, but they've just lost the fundamentals of what they're supposed to do and they fail to practice because yeah. they go, you know what? I've been doing this 20 years. I don't need to do it anymore, right? It's just it's, – I get back to it. It's like I've earned stripes because I've well, been in the service. I've earned stripes and therefore I'm done. Yeah, and I think, I think that gets back to in many respects the leadership side of it. Most people are doing what they've been taught and most people sure. who are managing sales people are doing what they've been taught and most people who are – Leading organizations are doing what they've been taught. And the difference is the groups who invest in really the right type of training, the right type of development, those are the ones who excel. And I, I was talking to an organization and I said, look, so for an hour a week, here's what you have to do. And they said, well, you know, um, you know, I, I think that, we're, you know, I'm just going to tell people, look, I want you to do it at least at least one day a month. And I said, well, you can do that. Um, but I really think you should do it once a week. Well, maybe we'll do it every other week. And I said, okay, well, so you guys were enamored with this one case study, right? Yeah. Why is that? Well, because these guys went from 17 million to over a hundred million in less than three years. I said, okay. And, and you read in the case study that the three years prior to that, they grew from 14 million to 17 million. So they had three years where they went from 14 to 17, which isn't bad. And then the three years after implementing this, they went from 17 to over a hundred million. Now, so what do you think? Do you think those people practice this once a month, once every other week, or every week? Yeah. And he goes, I know you're going to tell me they practice every week. I said, but, but I haven't told you that. Why do you think that? Well, because that's probably what it takes to get those results. I said, okay, then, then I'm not going to tell you what you have to do. You just tell me which one you want to do with your team. You know, it's like because that's what it is. It just takes that extra work. Oh, but it's uncomfortable. And people may push back and they may not want to do it. Okay, that's uh, I get that. But guess what? Those people who went from that in that company that went from seventeen million to hundred million, you think those reps are making a little bit more money or a lot of bit more money than they were before? Absolutely. And the irony yeah. is they're working less, not more. Yeah, but I mean. There's an irony, right? Consistent practicing forced on by management. That's hilarious. Yeah. It makes it kind That's of crazy. That's a topic for another conversation. I exactly. know that. So say, so, Larry, what's the best way for people to learn more about you to, um, to find selling from the heart and uh, to get in touch with you? Uh, they, they can find selling from the heart on Amazon. Yep. They can find 
anything they want to know about what's it mean to sell from the heart. Uh, they could find our podcast. They could find blogs. They can find all kinds of great information at sellingfromtheheart.net. Uh, and then if you want to follow what I do in a social setting, then you can follow me on LinkedIn at Larry Levine 1992. Excellent. Fantastic. Well, Larry, thanks for sharing your wisdom. Um, it's, uh, you know, it's always enjoyable for me when I'm talking to somebody who's got a similar mindset. And uh, I really appreciate you for coming on the show. No, it's my pleasure. I look, I look forward to it. All right, thanks. Look forward, look forward to another conversation as well. I'm sure. I'm sure. We'll definitely have another conversation. <laughs> thanks, we better. <laughs> All right, Larry, thanks. All right, take care. Larry shared some great insight. Let me give you a quick 30-second recap of the key information I think you can use and apply to your business right away. First, when it comes to prospecting, make sure that you're not dehumanizing the interaction. Don't lead with your wallet. Instead, lead with your heart in an effort to help, not just sell. Remember also to be consistent. You can't be inconsistent in terms of prospecting, in terms of the process that you follow. Instead, follow a deliberate process and be consistent, and you'll show up that way to your prospects. Remember, this show gets its direction from you, the listener. If there's a topic you think I should cover or a guest I should have on the program, just drop me a note to ian at ianaltman.com. Have an amazing week, add value, and grow revenue in a way everybody can embrace, especially your customer.